With the new election, a surge of new voters comes in faster than ever. Generation Z, my generation, has been known for being more diverse and politically engaged, yet less bound by any political party than past generations. This year's voter registration for people ages 18 to 24 has been reported to be higher than the voter registration in the 2016 election. As we anxiously wait for this year's election results, let's talk to some first-time voters about their experiences voting for the first time and why voting matters to them. We'll begin our podcast talking to Isabel, an 18-year-old college freshman, about her experiences voting for the first time. What, I guess, I don't want to say, like, prevented you from voting in the past, but what has changed to allow you to vote now? Right, so I turned uh, 18 this year, which is great. Um, So I uh, am, this is the first time that it's legal for me to vote in the election, Uh, and so I... I'm very excited that I am able to participate now. Uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So, yeah. Yay. You, can, you can finally be a responsible member of society <laughs> and vote. Have you voted yet? And if so, what was the experience like? Yeah, so I voted early. I voted, I think, a little over a week ago um, at our nearby uh, uh, Park District building. And it was... It was very fun. You know, I was not expecting so many people to be there for voting early. It was a cold, very rainy day, and I didn't wear an adequate jacket, and we had to stand in line for about 40 minutes, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it means that there's a lot of people out there doing their civic duty. So uh, it was it was quite fun. There was a lot of people, you know, directing. Everybody was very friendly, um, as I would expect for, for our area. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of waiting in lines. Um, and uh, it was on a, it was, it was on a touch screen, which worked surprisingly well. I'm not used to people from the older generation, no offense, being so <laughs> equipped technologically, but it works, everything, everything went smoothly. So yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's really nice. Oh, I'm glad you had that, like a good experience. Um, was it like, as like you thought, or was it, did it go better than expected? Yeah, so I definitely went in nervous. I had my, you know, I was overprepared. I had my state ID. I had my voter registration ID with my little signature. I said, there is no way that I'm showing up and they're not gonna, you know, know this is me. And so I, but it was, I didn't need any of that. You know, they, I came in, I told them my name, my address, you know, they said, can you sign here? And, uh, I got to leave with a sticker. That was probably, that was one of the things that I did expect. Um, that was my, that was what I was most excited about was the uh, <laughs> um, best part. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, definitely the best part. Yeah. Um, and so 
I would say I didn't, I did not expect the number of people to be there uh, for voting early, especially since we were several weeks out from the election. But I was very pleasantly surprised about that. Yeah, so it was overall cold and I got a sticker. That's, yeah, that's how that was my voting experience. (laughs) (laughs) I was cold and I got a sticker. (laughs) Everything else doesn't matter. It's just, I was cold and I got a sticker. (laughs) So in the past, when you couldn't vote, did you do anything to still participate in the elections? So I would say that while I've been very politically involved in my past, I have not been as involved in elections as I would like to be able to say I was. I've considered signing up to be a poll worker and every single time I have tried, I've always had something to do during that day. So to be a poll worker, you have to basically commit yourself from very early in the morning to late at night. And I've always had something happening in that middle of the day where I couldn't do that. But in terms of being politically involved, I've attended protests. I'm very, I tend to be very active politically, but do I wish that I had been more involved in the election in my past? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I obviously know November 3rd is the general election day, but there's a lot of other important days when it comes to voting registration deadlines, you know, primaries, other voting dates that, you know, up until my 18th birthday, I was just sort of unaware that those, those were not dates that were on my radar. And I feel as if I could have done a lot more if those had been on my radar and I could say, hey, remember to register if you're eligible, you know, and all that stuff. But I've always tried to be politically involved, not so much particularly with elections. Yeah, for sure. I, I think sometimes we forget the importance of elections. I mean, we all know it's important, but we kind of forget that it's also a very important part and we forget that the, the impact it does have on politics and stuff like that, for sure. So why is this... El- election important to you or specifically what specific issues matter to you when you vote? Yeah, so it's very interesting having grown up in this time period. um, The first election that I remember well is definitely the 2012 election with Obama and Mitt Romney. I was 10. And I think it's very, it's weird for people in my generation because that election was in the grand scheme of things, very friendly. Um, And we are, and the difference between where we were then and today in terms of political polarization is crazy. And so it is weird to, you know, have watched adults voting in that election and then have this be my first experience voting when there is so much on the line. So for me, I think, What's most important for me in this election is probably social justice first. That's always been my probably biggest, I feel as if with social justice, social justice encompasses so many other issues like climate change and the economy and stuff like that because all of those things disproportionately affect people of color, women, people in the LGBTQ community. You know, so I feel as if when you focus on social justice, you are forced to focus on those other issues because you have to acknowledge that they, those communities, the struggling communities are the ones that are being hit hardest by these other issues. So it means a lot 
to me and also personally as a member of the LGBTQ plus community as a woman, it means a lot to me looking at this election, how am I going to wake up in my country and feel as if my country cares about me and my rights as a college student? Uh, you know, student loans, all of that is, you know, definitely something that whispers in the back of my mind when it comes to this election. And also whether uh, this election for me is, is so important that I would have to consider whether I would want to transfer to a different school out of the country if this doesn't go in a way that I feel that I can wake up and feel safe in my own skin. And there are a lot of other people who are less privileged than I am that have a lot more to lose. And so I can't imagine how they're feeling. So social justice, climate change, because our generation is going to be the one that's gonna to have to live with the choices that we make, or more importantly, the choices that we don't make right now. Those are probably the two biggest ones. And then international relations matter to me too, because America has such a big voice and you know what we do matters in the grand scheme of the world and i want us to set a good example and do good and not harm why does voting matter to you and i guess what has influenced you to vote well first of all how how easy it is for me um is definitely something that i acknowledge is uh something that helps a lot, right? Would I be less inclined to vote if I had to wait in a nine hour line and then be questioned about my registration? Probably, and I, and I say that not from a point of um, that's happened to me before, but from a point of I know that that's happened to other people and that happens to uh, people you know, in the city right nearby. And so that helps the fact that it is so accessible to me. And then I think that voting for me, it's, it's definitely been a, it's been hard for me watching the news this last year or so to get my head around the fact that voting makes that much of a difference. And I don't say that because it doesn't, it does, but it is sometimes hard to see that as you watch news story after news story after news story about voter suppression, about mail-in ballots being not counted, about all of these different things, you know, that people are actively trying to do to suppress the vote, right? It's hard to then think, okay, well, why am I even going? And I think for me, it's not, there, there doesn't have to be an either or in terms of activism. You can both vote and acknowledge the fact that protesting is also a necessary form of making your voice heard. And you can acknowledge the fact that voter suppression is still a thing. You don't have to do either or. You don't have to say, I don't believe that everyone's voice is being heard, therefore I'm not going to vote. Because the simple fact of the matter is that in our current system, the only reason that the people in these offices have to appeal to your needs is your vote. And so if you want to have any power at all, you do, you do have to vote. You don't have to just vote. You can go out and protest and you can call people and you can, you know, organize and you can do a lot of other things. But 
I think that that has been a, a, a duality that I've had trouble grasping sometimes. You know, sometimes it feels a little hopeless. Sometimes as a, being a member of a community that is discriminated against, it feels like, well, they're never, nothing's ever going to change in our favor. But then you have to remember, you have to look back to 2008, you have to look back to 2012. We voted somebody into office who made a lot of positive changes. We can do that again. It's not the only thing that we can do. We can do a lot of other things, but it's extremely important that you go and do it, not just for your sake, but for the sake of other people in swing states whose votes maybe do count a little bit more than yours because you're, you're setting an example, right? And you're showing, I care. What would you say to people that choose not to vote or people like that who, who think their vote don't count? And what would you say to convince them? Right. So I think, it, I think it really depends on the person, right? Because if you're talking about somebody who is in a place of privilege, who chooses not to vote because it is an inconvenience, or even if they think their vote doesn't count, I would say to them, you're being selfish right? Because you're not, you're right. You're sitting, you're sitting pretty. Okay. You're fine. But a lot of people aren't right. And the fact that you aren't going to go out and try to make a change for them is a reflection of you as a person. And it's not a good reflection, you know, and I don't want to be connected to somebody who feels that they can disengage because they aren't being hurt by a system. And then on the other side of things, if it's somebody who is struggling with what I was struggling with, where I was thinking, you know, so many women have voted and yet they're still questioning, you know, our right to our own bodies and stuff like that. What the heck? (laughs) Um, I would say to them, you can do both. You can acknowledge that they are actively trying to suppress your vote and you can still go and vote and and you going and waiting in those nine hour lines and you going and you um, being there and demanding that, you know, they acknowledge that you are registered and stuff like that, you know, if everyone does that, that's gonna make a difference, you know? And, and if every single individual person says, well, if just I do it, then it doesn't matter, that's a problem, right? Because then, you're, then this mass is, is only seeing themselves as, as one individual when they should be seeing themselves as a group, a group that has a lot of power if they choose to use it right. And you can acknowledge your own privilege if you are uh, bilingual, for example. You can go to the polls and if somebody is struggling um, because they only speak one language, you could help them, right? So it's, it's not just, I think, the thing that I say to every to both groups is it's not just about you, right? Whether or not you feel that you don't need to go because you're fine or whether you feel you don't need to go because it won't make a difference. Well, it's not, it's not just about you. It's about your neighbors and it's about everybody else who is struggling more 
and you you have to do it for them and you will make a difference eventually i mean look at how far we've come you know our country is not old <laughs> our country is very very young and look how long how far we've come with this system not saying it's perfect but if we work within the system and then we work to change the system that's the only way we can do it i mean like when you're a citizen like voting is the bare minimum you should do. Exactly. Um, all right. Um, here's the final question. Um, do you have any small tips for people who will vote in the future? Yeah. So be aware of your resources. Uh, if you're in the New Trier area, New Trier at the, Le the League of Women Voters comes, at least at, when I was there, they come twice a year uh, to help people register to vote. So I took my lunch period and I went down there and I registered and that was it. That's all I had to do right? It took me five minutes and it took me more time because I don't have a driver's license. If you have a driver's license, it actually takes a lot less time. It's very similar to when you're going to the DMV, you know, go on the websites because the information's all there, right? And go on the websites and, you know, look up, make sure you've checked all your boxes. You've covered all your bases. Do I have all the documents that I need? Do I have all the documents that I might need? Even though I shouldn't need them, could I possibly need them? And then there's a lot of online sources where you can check if you're registered. So I was registered, you know, last March maybe, and I knew that, but coming into this election, I checked and I checked again and I triple checked, you know, that I was registered on, on online databases. And then check your voting area. Where are you supposed to go? You know, is there a change? Because right now, you know, in our current climate, you know, there's a lot of places that are both places that were previously open are now closing because of COVID and stuff like that. So that's then what can you do in addition? If you are an able-bodied young person, can you be a poll worker? Can you be a poll judge? Uh, can you sign up to do those things, you know, um, especially in this pandemic uh, where, you know, it's it's a lot safer for somebody who's my age to go down to a polling place and work for you know 12 hours than it is for uh somebody who's 65 plus years old uh so what can you do in addition make sure you've covered all your bases in terms of your documentation and whether or not you're registered uh and then vote and then educate yourself on the candidates not just the big ones but every single candidate you know it's a long process when you're looking at like the 50 judges that you have to vote for oh, but you have to consider what cases what cases are those judges judging right that's somebody's livelihood right there so you you know look up what the chicago or wherever you are your bar association says are is this judge qualified if they say it's they're not don't don't vote for them. You don't want them being a judge in your area, right? So make sure you're voting all the way down the ballot because when the federal government comes to a standstill, it's your local government that is really going to make the difference in your life, your life and your neighbors' lives. So vote all the way down the ballot. Be educated about who it is on the ballot, uh, and then see what else you can do. See if you can help get people registered. See if you can work at the polls. Uh, that would be my that would be my advice. Thank you so much for the advice and thank you so much for coming. Thank you.
Next up, we have my 27-year-old sister Anna here today to talk about why voting matters to her. What prevented you from voting in the past, or like what has okay, changed? Okay, so lets you vote. <laughs> well, it's a big that thing called a U.S. citizenship. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I actually got my I got my citizenship in April of last year, which is 2019, and. Now this is the first year I can vote. Yay! Congrats. That's the only thing that was stopping me, you know. <laughs> uh, what, have you voted yet? Yes. What was the experience like? So I actually did mail-in ballots. Uh, given what I am doing, I'm a medical student. It's very hard for me to have time off to actually go and vote in, in the booths. So I registered for voting a long time ago, like arguably like, almost a year in advance just because I could and it was easy and um, I got my ballot sometimes and like I remember it was a few months ago and I just kind of sort of looked through everyone what was being voted on um, all the other candidates of course the presidential candidate um, and all that jazz. and then I you know I you know licked the, licked the envelope and stuck it in the mailbox and sent it off to whoever it is being collected and counted did you expect your first voting experience to be like this? Or are you just like, oh, you know, this is just how I'm voting this year? Well, so obviously I hope not. But, you know, going into it, I knew it was going to be my third year of medical school. And I know that it will be hard for me to get time off to actually go sit in a booth, go standing line, wooden line and stuff like that. So I figured it was going to happen. Plus, I've seen my friends vote before, and that's usually how they do it because it's not always easy to take time off, you know, to stand in a line and wait, even though that's more satisfying. So in the past when you couldn't vote, um, did you do anything to still participate in the elections? Oh yeah, definitely. So I didn't really become politically active until I was in college, which is an embarrassing like 10 years ago. And then I think every single like major election year. So I think it was like 2012, 2016, I watched all the major Super Tuesday votes. I watched as many of the debates as I could, after, especially after they started streaming. Um, and then, of course, I stayed up all night on election night to see what the results are. And it was really interesting to watch. I mean, I had a, I mean, 2016 election was particularly memorable for, you know, obvious reasons. We all thought it was me, Hillary, and there was a, that, that scandal with Bernie. It was just, oh God, it was awful. And it was awful because I just watched all these, like, awful things happening. And I remember just like, oh crap, this is not going well. And yeah, so that's what I did. And then in 2018, obviously, I watched, I checked out all the other um, elections for the congressmen, senates, which was super interesting because I never paid attention to that before. And this year, I think I've watched every single Democratic debate, but none of the presidential ones because, look, I have more stressful things in my life. One of the debates this year, which surprisingly, both sides have agreed that the debate was counterproductive. So why is this election um, important to you and what specific issues matter to you the most when you vote? The better question is why this election wouldn't be important because everything about this election is incredibly important. Let's just put it this way. Uh, Four years ago, I was in my second year of medical school. I remember it uh, it was November. I was studying for my psychiatry exam. 
And I remember that night, I, I was trying to study and watch at the same time, but at some point it was so depressing. I uh, just stopped you know, studying because it was just so depressing seeing Donald Trump win. And I remember, you know, going through all social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and I just remember thinking, oh, God, this man is a hacking racist. He is a bigot. And given the way that the Republican Party has been for the last, I don't know, a few decades, you know, since, you know, Reagan, a lot of people might die. A lot of people might end up in a horrible situation where they're either forced into poverty forced into destitution, forced into incarceration, lawfully or unlawfully, um, forced into crippling debt for medical bills, um, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. It was just, it was possible, you know. Some people, including people in my medical school, going like, guys, you guys need to take a chill pill, like, you know, regardless of what happened, he's our president now, and you guys completely overgoing how bad this is, and, you know, stuff like that. And I just remember waiting, watching them for the last four years, you know, first you get um, with the whole entire imprisonment of unlawful imprisonment of illegal immigrants, which, you know, I'm not even going to get into the whole spiel about illegal immigration and how, why that's kind of a weird way of defining it. But it's, there's horrible things that are basically unlawful internment of people, not dissimilar to what the Japanese internment uh, back in the, you know, 40s. Um, you know, separation of children from their mothers and the fact that the, and the horrible lack of humanitarian treatment of those people who are being incarcerated for absolutely no reason. Um, that's awful, for one. And then number two, that's just the first part. Number two is the way that the Trump has, Trump, and really, to be honest, Republican, Republican Party using Trump as a puppet, basically has created a it has basically turned the, set, turned the judicial system into one that's very biased against uh, marginalized minorities, such as women and you know queer folks and um, racial minorities. Um, especially after our beloved Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away earlier this year, which means you know we now have a justice system that's going to favor overturning stuff like Roe v. Wade, DACA. Um, you know, even argue, maybe you might even say something about affordable health care. I don't know. It was probably not in their jurisdiction, but you know. Um, so, which means that it's going to make it legal to discriminate more strongly against um, people who are queer, people who are um, like women who are need who are in need of abortion, which is another argument that I want to get into right now. And you know, illegal immigration and access to basic human rights for people who are illegal immigrants. So that's awful, that's number two. And just look at the way COVID was handled. Like Trump actively decreased financial access, decreased this funding for a lot of CDC and human health, Department of Human, human Health and Human Resources, decreased the funding to support like outbreak monitoring and allowing early action to prevent like an actual outbreak or even a pandemic for heaven's sake. So, you know. For all of those reasons, it's incredibly important to watch this election. I mean, yes, in the end, for the most part, people are just voting for the president. But what a lot of people don't realize is that while you're also voting for the president, you're also voting for a lot of your senators, your congressmen, you know, which are also very important because they're, they play a major role in you know, the, the legislature and lawmaking in Washington, D.C., but also you vote for your state legislature, for your state senators, state congressmen, 
uh, mayors, stuff like that. That's incredibly important because they set basically the law at the state level and at the city level. So a lot of the funding for things such as um, the Planned Parenthood, regulation, like, you know, extra funding for healthcare, like Medicare, Medicaid, all of that, a huge part of that funding also comes from the state legislature. So, you know, this election is very important for all of those reasons. Um, so here's the final question. Do you have any small tips for people who will vote in the future? Yes. Pay attention to all the other votes in addition to the major ones, like your, not your senator and your congressman and the president or whatever. All the, all the other candidates, even the judicial, even the judges, you know, there can be a huge difference in terms of what's happening at a local level. So it's incredibly important to look up, to actually spend the extra time, look up all the things that are being voted on, including the judges, including whatever the law measures are. You really make sure you're getting like an informed point of view. Make sure you're voting with specific your own conscience and not just because it's what people are saying. Voting is an important way to get your voice out and the bare minimum thing to do as a citizen from local to national level. People vote for similar and different reasons and voting adds your voice to elections and decides the best possible candidate for a country. As we wrap up this voting series and the election results start finishing up, we can use this new experience and information to help guide ourselves through the next major election in four years, whether you are able to vote or not. Or maybe you have learned something and even decided to make your vote or actions count even at the midterm elections in two years. episode. Thank you for listening through our voting series. Please follow our Instagram handle at Gen Z Frenzy Podcast for more information. See you next time.